Project IMG Podcast, the voice of IMGs. Welcome to another episode of Project IMG Podcast. With us today, we have Dr. Victoria Toronto. She is a physician from Ukraine with a home country specialty in obstetrics and gynecology. She is now being a doctor in osteopathic medicine here in the U.S. Welcome, Dr. Victoria. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. So first, um, I just want to say what a big feat it is for you to, um, with our home country specialty, come to the U.S. and uh, practice um, osteopathic medicine. You know, your how was your transition into that? Uh, well, so basically when I came here, I had two choices, like either going into, to, you can say, traditional pathway as all IMG go, like passing USMLE, trying to do some research and then try and match. Or I could do another pathway, which not that many people know about, like going into medical school again, basically, which I did. My father-in-law did the same thing. So I went, there's this school, which is called NYT, College of Osteopathic Medicine, who offers program for foreign physicians, um, basically to retrain us to become uh, doctors of osteopathic medicine in the United States and be fully licensed like any other medical student in the United States. Uh, this is the unique program. It's offered only here in New York in Old Westbury. Nowhere else you can find it in the United States. So it's the only one super competitive. Mm-hmm. Only 35 people are accepted. Mm-hmm. But it's absolutely wonderful. And uh, I love it. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially with so many, so few spots being available. And, um, you know, so many IMGs. Uh, it is extremely um you know, amazing that you were able to to match into this program. Um, just for everyone listening, you know, doctors of osteopathic medicine, they are trained to just look beyond symptoms, to understand how a lifestyle and environmental factors can impact the well-being of their patients. So how have you found um, your first year in osteopathic medicine to be um, with your background training that you have? I actually enjoy um, being part of the DO program, Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, the main thing, like for me, was to understand that DO, both DOs and MDs, are fully licensed doctors who can practice in the United States. There is like no difference into being DO or MD. They are both doctors. The difference is only the DO. Uh, we have a more holistic approach to. Um, to human body, to diseases, we are we like to emphasize the importance of prevention of diseases, and um, yeah, basically the main idea is a holistic approach to human body and to treat a human body. And I actually love it because that's what I was taught my whole life. That when you have, let's say, I don't know, like ear pain. Um, it's not always just ear pain. Maybe you should check everything, you know, because even if a patient comes with uh, some particular symptoms uh, like ear pain, you still, you were, you're not, you don't do it all the time, but you were taught to still check heart and lungs, right? So that's basically the idea. You treat the, um, the symptom as a whole. You don't just treat the disease. And I actually, I really enjoyed my first year. We learned OML, which is osteopathic manipulative medicine, which is sometimes um, 
thought that it's like chiropractic things, but it's not. Chiropractors, they just basically crack you and that's it. I mean, I might be wrong, but just in general, if to generalize it. Um, osteopathic manipulative medicine, we are taught how to relieve, for example, patient with a lung disease might have some hypertonicity of, uh, uh, of muscles and some dysfunction on the thoracic spine. And we are taught how to help patient to relieve this symptom as well. So that's the point of osteopathic manipulative medicine. And it's like, it's, it's nice add on. So we basically learn whatever MD learns, but plus on top of this, we also have osteopathic manipulative medicine. And I really enjoyed that. That's a, that's a good thing to know something which nobody else knows. Yeah, most definitely. You know, um, I mean, something important to kind of mention is that DOs practice in all medical specialties, including primary care, OBGYN, pediatrics, emergency medicine, psychiatry, and surgery, and so forth. So um, the course load I know is a lot, uh, there's, it's a lot more than just an MD because you have to just not only take into approach the disease that you have in front of you, but, you know, everything around it that can impact it and ultimately as a DO relieve it. So I understand. And how, I know you, you mentioned how you got into this program, but for everybody listening, how are they able to kind of like find out about this program? Because there is more than one way to practice medicine here in the U S as an IMG. So how are you, um, how is someone able to go about finding, um, an NYT osteopathic medicine program? Yeah, so basically this program is called Emigrant Physicians Program. It's open to everybody who who is a legal resident of the United States or a citizen of the United States. So they do not accept like visas. So if you have a green card or a passport already, um, you have the right to go. You do need to pass TOEFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a good grade. I don't I don't remember already their cutoff, but it's like pretty good. It's not Super excellent, but pretty well. I think like B2. Um, and um, you can find out about this program just by typing in Google NYT College of Osteopathic Medicine Emigraph Physicians Program. So the main thing is just for me was like, yeah, you have to be a resident or a citizen of the United States. I know that might be an issue for people who are coming as an IMDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people who did actually steps. So many of my classmates are like this. They took steps. They became they became certified. They applied to residency. Some of them once, some of them twice, and they did not match. And after that, they okay. Let me, you know what? Let me go back to med school. <laughs> let me like try this way. And they they study with me right now. I know also a few people who just now they applied into match and they did not match again, so they stay in. Yeah, so it's everybody is different, and but like for me, I did not even try passing any of the like I did not take any of their steps. I just went straight to med school, and I I decided that this is better for me. Yeah, I feel like there are many IMGs, you know, because IMGs there's also like non-US IMGs, but US IMGs that um, yeah have to see all the roads that lead to that ultimate goal of being able to practice medicine here in the US. And there is more than one way, there's more than one path. And um, USMLEs aren't for, you know, everybody. It's, for example, personally, you know, if I have a family, which I do, um, or mm-hmm. it, it can be, you know, a little bit of longer. Also, um, like to go matched or unmatched is also a heavy factor in the, the pathway that we all endure. Uh, and it can be for some people. So 
Uh, speaking of motherhood, I know that you, Valence, not only being a physician, being now a student of BO, but also motherhood. How 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 you seen motherhood impact your um, BO pathway now? Yeah, I mean that's really tough. <laughs> what can I say in general? It's tough, but you know, from other hand, medicine is tough in general. So like you just have one more task <laughs> to balance, I'd say. Um, it's hard in terms of, yeah, you don't have time. You cannot plan um, like an exact schedule. Like let's say I plan, okay, 7 a.m. Tomorrow I'm starting studying, right? But okay, my baby didn't want to wake up at 7 in the morning and go to school. He woke up at 8 because he was a little sick or something. So yeah, it kind of messes up your schedule, which is super important when you're a medical student or a doctor or any other specialist who, you know, who's busy. Yeah. Um, so this clearly interferes with that. But from other hand, um, I don't know, there are people and I'm one of them who, if you have more tasks to balance, you actually <laughs> do it better. You yeah. find out that yeah. sure. you're like, wow, I actually, you know, I can do more things when I have more things to do. But instead of when you have just a few things and you kind of slacking because, you know, okay, I can relax today. I don't have that many things to do. And then at the end of the week, you realize, oh gosh, I didn't do anything. Yeah. So like, well, with, uh, with this, I just say, you just have no other choice because you do have medical school and you do have a baby and you have to do it or, or you fail. <laughs> so yeah. you just go for it. And um, I say that the main thing for me being a mother in medicine is to have a support system. I have extremely... A supportive husband he's working as a nurse but he helps me with the baby a lot like in terms of putting him to sleep to feed him to pick him up to drop him to school so that helps me a lot like if I didn't have that um I don't know I probably wouldn't be able to do that so that's I'd say number one if you have a support system if you have the best grandma or mother-in-law who is willing to help that's like you can have 50 babies <laughs> and do a medical school because it's extremely helpful um if you have the support system you can do it definitely like many people do it i know my classmate she has four kids and the last kid she got when we had our last exam so she just took exam and right after that she went straight to maternity home <laughs> and delivered the baby the same evening so you know pe people do that Definitely. I mean, just like you said, you know, number one is also is always to have a great support system. So um, number two, I guess, would be like scheduling and organizing well. Um, yeah. Surgery, being able to be flexible if with things that just kind of can come up. To and I feel that um, being a mother in medicine helps you work so well under pressure, and it makes us do things that maybe everybody else that has six hours to do as a mother and a physician, we'll do it in four. And, you know, because True. there is no other option. There is no other plan B. Like, this is what we have to get done. And we just, you know, it teaches you to follow through all the way, do things correctly. You know, there's a, a little one always looking up to you. And as a mother, I, we always feel like we want to be the best example, not only to to our patients, but to our family. So um, I definitely exactly. impact, you know, that juggling so many roles at the same time. And um, I feel like something that as an IMG, uh, many go through, you know, it may not be a big percentage, but there is uh, many of us who are mothers, who are fathers, you know, who are support, like the only support as a, to our parents. So it's always good 
to find um, time for mental health in order for us to be okay and to be a support system for others. So um, as a mother and a physician, I mean, I guess the question kind of asks itself of being a woman in medicine, you know, and I, I feel that in all of our home countries, being a woman in medicine is, I think, a bit different than being a woman in medicine here in the U.S. Um, I'm personally from Peru, so the difference that I found in the gap in between women and men in Peru is a lot different than the one here. How have you seen that change from your home country to the U.S.? Have you noticed any gaps, like maybe in the field of medicine between women and men? I actually do. I mean, I'm glad that the tendency is that, um, you know, they try to eliminate this gap between women and men in medicine and in in particular specialties. Um, the same is um, was observed in in Ukraine, but when I started, that was that was really kind of upsetting because first of all, when I even started medical school, everyone was asking me, even my my family, some some of my family members, like, oh, do you need this? You know, I just need to get married, good to yeah. have a kid, to have a family, be pretty, <laughs> you know, like do home stuff, be a good housewife, a good wife, like, yeah, having a job, but just to enjoy, you do not need to do this, but, but I want to, that's what I, it's not because like I have to, that's my passion, medicine, I cannot imagine myself in it, doing anything else, I want to do this. Yeah, but you know, you will never be a good wife, mother, and a doctor, you should choose one. So that was really a big challenge that I had to overcome because it was, I heard it basically from almost everyone around. Definitely. And when I did get in into medical school, that was another issue. Uh, like, yeah, I chose to be Joanne and in Ukraine, it's actually more men goes into Joanne than women in, in like, um, in comparison <laughs> to the United States where most laborists are women <laughs> i mean i see this i don't know if it's true but i heard that yes more it's more women go into this specialty back to ukraine is vice versa more men especially if to talk about the delivery not a gynecology itself but about operative uh, gynecology and about uh, ob itself and um when i was in medical school and showing interest in ob joanne i was well, I, you know, I liked like bright scraps. I like, I, I have light hair, blonde. And I heard something about like, huh, you know, you're like nice blonde girl in these pink scraps. You you don't fit into being an OB. Like what? <laughs> so that was very upsetting. It's insulting. And, um, but, but I do think that it actually made me feel um, that I want to prove them wrong. And that like, just you know gave me more motivation to do what I wanted to do so yeah it did become better and I'm glad that now it's not that bad as when I started but I did face it and it was very upsetting and I just hope that you know it will stop and it's going to be even even um like they will start treat male and female physicians even because let's be honest sometimes the latest studies were showing that Female surgeons are actually better surgeons for better doctors for female patients, right? So that means something. We are so much more detail oriented, and I 100% agree with you. For myself uh, personally, I can uh, relate to what you're saying. I would walk in with my, as a physician in my home country of Peru, I would walk in to a patient's room, and the patient, and even, you know, um, 
the family members around would address my male counterpart physician or male um, medical student who were both wearing white coats, were both wearing scrubs, but they would say, hi, hi doctor. And then to me, they'd be like, hi, miss. And I'm, you know, yeah. like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not the nurse. So um, it's definitely something that you know, uh, we as women can take to empower us because we become this uh, because of the passion that we share, just like you mentioned. And we are uh, physicians as women, in the, uh, not, beca- not because of these obstacles, but in spite of them. You know, we, uh, in spite of, of everything that we have seen and experienced, you know, when I was studying personally, uh, I, I shared this with other IMGs and they were like, yeah, I've, I've heard the same, just like you mentioned right now, like, you know, growing up and they'd say, well, why do you want to be a doctor? You know, you're, you know, you can be pretty and just marry a doctor. And True. like, well, maybe I could do both. You know, it's, you right. know, <laughs> we can do both. You can be a physician and, and marry someone in medicine. It's fine. And, but they're like, what? You know, so it's something that um, I think that we should close the gap in. And I feel uh, being able to achieve uh, being a doctor here in the U.S. can also be empowering to everybody back home in our home countries that in spite of everything else, um, the, the, the journey, the years, they're going to pass by anyways. Cause you know, people around are like, it's so long. And I'm like, they're going to go, <laughs> no matter what those five years are going to go by. I might as well invest in this. Cause this is what I love. This is my passion. So, um, for anybody that just kind of listens and sees, uh, never feel discouraged as a woman as a mother in medicine, because there's so many before us that have done it, the people that come after will too. And, you know, just try and find a good support system, try and find your, your tribe, people that will, will cheer you on because it's not always easy. Failure is expected. It is normal to feel uncertain, you know, but it is always encouraged to not give up. Just keep going, get up, get up, get up. That's true. Yeah, I really like that, what you said, and about the support system. That's true, that it's extremely important to find a supportive partner because, like, before I got married uh, with my husband, I was, uh, I had only one condition. I was like, I want to pursue medicine and I want to be a doctor in the U.S. no matter what. You understand this? <laughs> okay, yes. Like, because if you don't want me to be a doctor, you want me just to be a stay-at-home mom, you probably should look for another woman because I'm not one of those. And you know, it's fine if you want. If you don't want to be a doctor, you want to stay to be stay at home mom. That's fine. It's just you have to just um, say exactly your expectations, set your expectations, and you have to make sure that both you and your partner are looking in one direction. Because if you don't, then it's going to be so hard to achieve your goal as a, as a doctor. And I would say it might be even impossible. You will lose either in marriage or in, in your career. So it's it's extremely important to to have a supportive partner. And you know, if you if you do, then you will do great. Yes, one hundred and ten percent. I mean, um, looking back on your journey, you know, coming from the Ukraine to here, um, as a medical student, like w- at what point did you um, realize that? you were, you would be coming to the U S and what advice would you give to your previous self in that moment? 
Um, actually, I mean, I was pretty well in Ukraine, I would say, because <laughs> yeah, I already was doing my residency. I had my support system. I had my family there. I had a pretty good attitude from uh, you know, my colleagues, my um, like a boss and everybody. Um, the thing is, um, like my husband is from United States, so it was, you know, kind of a like I, I just I fell in love and I had to do something with that. I didn't want to give up my career as uh, being a doctor, but then I realized that if I really want to be a doctor, I can do it anywhere. So it doesn't matter where, and you know, I can make it work, both love and medicine. Why not? As we were just talking about it, you know, you can do everything being a wife, mother, and a doctor. So yeah, and let's say it's more challenging. Um, it's definitely will take longer than it took me in Ukraine, but I, I'm in a good place because I do have everything I ever wanted, like, you know, a husband, a baby, a career I'm pursuing. And in terms of giving an advice, um, I would say it depends on type of person you are, because if you really want, like, there are different reasons why people come to United States, right? Like some people come because their family are here and they just want to be with them too. Some people come because they're looking for better education, better life. Um, some people just come in because like, you know, like me, <laughs> because the life changes and you have to uh, make a choice. So I would say that you have to understand if you're ready to, I don't want to say suffer, but if you're ready to sacrifice something for a little bit, like for me, it was, I haven't seen my family because all my family are in Ukraine. I haven't seen my family since 2018 and now because of war also, I don't know when I will see them because we cannot go there and they cannot come here. So you have to understand if you're ready to like sacrifice something. Um, If you are like coming with your family here, I'd say go for it for sure because you have people who support you and you can do everything with them. Like, you know, that's the main thing, your people. So, and, um, in United States, the only thing you have to understand that, yeah, you have to work hard, like no matter what, it's not like, okay, you just came and everybody gave you opportunities. No, there are plenty of opportunities, but you have to fight for each of them. So it's not an easy. And so that probably would be my biggest advice that be ready to work hard. But if you work hard, you can achieve your American dream. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, agreed. You know, and just, um, to Further on that last comment that you made of working hard, it's um, on Instagram. You can find us up as Project IMG. A few days ago, there was a post and it was, it was quoting Thomas Jefferson who said, I find that the harder that I work, the more luck I seem to have. So it's definitely if luck, well, like that. <laughs> luck, you know, it's like sometimes it's like, oh, how did this happen? You know, people, people think around from working on the outside, it can seem like it's someone's just lucky. But it's they don't. That's a tip of the iceberg. Behind that, under that, there's so much work, so much consistency that has to be done. And um, definitely, what you said, you know, it's like about sacrifice. It's our loved ones. You know, we come from all different parts of the world and different situations. Uh, so it's definitely, I think, what helps me personally is being being able to be present in my day-to-day, you know, for my daughter, for my husband, and for myself. Being present precedes gratitude. And gratitude precedes optimism. Um, so, you know, we can, we can have 
even though the years, it may seem like it's a long way, years are just going to go. But if you look at it with optimism and hard work, we can all achieve all our goals. So I agree with you on everything that, that you just mentioned. And um, <laughs> anything that um, you kind of, for our listeners, if there was as an IMG now in DO, like that you would like to, to one, you could just pick one piece of advice to give to everybody out there. Like, what would it be? You mean the, for people who would like to do the same pathway I am doing? Yes, because it is um, an excellent pathway. And it, it is also very, very competitive because there's only so few spots. But um, what would you tell them? Uh, I would say that, again, yeah, make sure you really, that's what you really want. If it's that's what you really want, start studying. <laughs> so don't think it's like, you know, you just apply and you get in. No. It's uh, there's also an entrance examination. It's an interview. So just like start studying well, and then you will do fine. But you, yeah, you have to study. Don't think you just oh, I graduated from my med school back to my home country. I'll be fine. Uh-uh. <laughs> study really hard, and then you will do great. Yes. So um, consistency and studying. Well, Doctor um, Victoria, thank you so much for all your time. Um, everybody out there has been able to take away, you know, how big of a structure it is to have a good support system around us, um, to be organized and just to be always a woman in medicine empowered. So I want to thank you so much for your time and look forward to speaking to you sometime soon again. Thank you so much for having me. And I I hope that people will find this information useful. Like if anything, feel free to ask me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Victoria. How can our listeners find you on um, on your social media? Uh, I have a, a Instagram page, white coat for life and for like, you know, number four. So yeah, feel free to, you know, follow me, ask me any questions. I will gladly answer all of them. I mean, as much as I can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Victoria. Have a great, wonderful day. Talk to you. You too. Thank you so much for your interview. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.